Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening to everyone. Welcome to our time together this evening by this means that we might think together about, I think, what is an important thing for us to consider growing out of our lesson this morning. And the question tonight we're going to ask is, how do we get to know people? I believe that people are basically social animals. Sure, I understand that there are people that we call antisocial. Now, in a psychological way, there are people who are messed up. And they become detriments to society as antisocial people. But we call them that, and it is a mental problem because it's not normal. We're normal as social people. But people who claim to be antisocial, who think, I want to be alone, I, I like being away and away from other people, even they are not fully and totally by themselves. Even they have a friend or two or three. But I would also suggest to you that it seems to me possible that a lot of those people who seem to be on the fringes of society and, and, and say that they don't really like people I think it is very possible that a lot of them say that as a defense mechanism to allow them to stay on the fringes because, quite honestly, they don't know how to get to know people. Now, I think it is sad when somebody would like to do something but doesn't know how. And if we're not willing to reach out and help those people, and whatever that is, that would be sad. So I, I want us to think for a few minutes about how can we help people who are on the fringes of our society, the church, particularly for us, the Richmond Congregation. If you're joining us from some other place, I want you to think about this as it relates to the church where you are, the congregation of people with whom you work. And let's think for a few minutes about how we can help those people who are admittedly on the fringes, who say that they really don't enjoy people when in fact I think they just may not know how to get to know people. How can we help them? Paul, in every one of his letters that he wrote to churches or to individuals, says a number of specific things that he knew about them. And he showed us that he had connections with those churches. He had connections with those people. And he was clear about some very specific things that made them 
friends, made them brothers and sisters, made them family, put them together in the body. And so I think it is important that we ask, how is it possible that we can help people do that? Well, I want to go back to the verse that we used that I referred to this morning. You want to go to John 14 and verse number 7. This is the place where, number one, Jesus gives us the principle of how to get to know someone. How do we know each other in principle? I remind you, verse 7, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you will know him and have seen him. Okay. I told you this morning that this verse has within it a principle that I wanted to pursue. So we lay the principle out there first. Number one, he begins with the word if. See, here's the situation. In order to get to know each other, the principle says you must want to. You must have a desire to. If you just keep shutting people off. And then saying you don't know anybody. There's a problem. That's what's going on here. Jesus, again, was upset that his disciples did not know the Father. And he said, you would know him if you had known me. In other words, if your desire was such, then you could have made it to that point. But they did not, at least as of that time. So the first thing that I want to say the principle of getting to know someone is you have to desire to do it. Put yourself out there to get to know. That's what he's saying. Number two, I remind you from this morning, if you had known me, this Greek word means knowledge that comes through experience. If your desire was such that you were paying attention and experienced who I really was, that's the second thing. We have to experience the person again. It's not about just quoting the external facts about this person. You can get those in this church, you can get a lot of those on our Realm contact platform. In that way, in fact, it is called Realm Connect. And you can go in there and look at the profiles of the people who are registered there. And, and you can get a lot of external information. And you can check off a number of facts which are good. But Jesus is not talking about <clears throat> the facts. He's talking about the experience. He's talking about the person. What makes up this entire person? Your desire, if it had been to know me fully, number three, you would have known the Father. That Greek word is a word that means 
Knowledge that comes through understanding and reason. So, this situation says that the desire to know someone, the principle that Jesus is laying out is to desire to know this, to understand this, to experience this person, to understand them going forward. And I think that's extremely important. Let me show you why I think that. <coughs> Excuse me. If we know each other, if we, in our desire, have really experienced the person deeper than the facts about his or her life. Now we can reason from what we know about that person into the future this way. <clears throat> I think if we really apply this principle, then we will be able to give people the benefit of the doubt much more quickly. If we understand by experience that this person is like this, and yet we see something else over here, instead of jumping immediately to an accusational situation and being upset and angry, we could give them the benefit of the doubt to say, that seems out of character, therefore there must be a problem. Maybe that person pounced on you. They're just having a bad day. That's not who they are. Maybe they got caught in a bad situation and did something that's not who they were. If we apply this principle, then we will be able to give people the benefit of the doubt more easily. Number two, I think that if we apply this principle, we will be able to have confidence in that person going forward. I mean, just today, Tom Riley and, and Eric Hilton were selected to serve this congregation. You know why? Because we have experienced who they are. And we've seen what they have done. And because we know them, <clears throat> we can reason from what we've experienced with them as to what we're going to get in the future. So if I or we know each other in this principle, if we really get to that point, then I think we can have confidence with those people going forward what they will do and who they are. Number three, I think that if we really experience the person, we really are able to know them, we will be less likely to judge their motives. I don't think we should ever be in the motive judging business. And if I know someone 
<coughs> if I am familiar in a deep way, if, if like Jesus said, if you'd experienced me, if I can get to that point with someone, then when I see things going on, I'm not going to start judging their motives in a negative way. In fact, I will probably say, well, now I know their motives must be good and solid. I don't know that I understand the action, but I know their motives are good. But if you don't know somebody to the point of reasoning and understanding about them, aren't you likely to judge their motives over their actions? I think these are three really good reasons to get to know each other. And it happens when you desire to experience that person in a way that you can understand and reason properly about them as people. That's getting to know. That's the principle that Jesus gave us. Now the second point of this lesson comes from Acts chapter 2. If you want to turn over to that familiar passage <coughs> and be with me here, starting in verse 41. Now, what's going to happen is Jesus has given us the principle of getting to know. Now, I think we can look to the actions of the first century church and find out the practical or the practice of getting to know. Let's notice this idea. Verse 41. Well, let me first of all do this. Go down to verse um, 44. I want to read the first phrase and then back up. Now all who believed were together. All who believed were together. They had a shared place. I honestly had not ever done this before, and so I did it today. I looked at that word together and found out that there is not a, the Greek word for together is not there. In fact, the word there is, they were in. They were on. They were by or next to. <clears throat> this is a word that means not together in the sense of <clears throat> understanding and all. It's simply the place where they were. Let's back up to verse 41 now. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were on or in that place. The practical or the practice of getting to know someone begins with being in the same place. 
That just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if you want to get to know someone in a dating relationship, eventually anyway, you have to be in the same place. So it just makes sense. What is Paul, or what is the Bible teaching us here in Acts chapter 2? The practice of getting to know someone means we have a shared place. We as Christians have a shared place. That place is we have been immersed into Jesus Christ. That puts us in the same place. We are teaching the same thing. We are in fellowship together. We are breaking of bread. We're in prayers. This is the place where we are. To be in the same place means that we are all the same people. God talks about the church as a family and as a body. Practically, if we're going to get to know each other in this church, we need fully to be in the same place. If you're not a child of God, we want you to be in this place with us as a child of God. If you are unfaithful in your commitment that you made when you came into Christ, we want you to come back and be in this place so that we can get to know you in this place. And I'm not talking about this building Although my aside would say, I can't wait till we can all get in the same place of this building again. I absolutely believe that. But we want, this is a call that grows out of our desire. Remember, desire is a part of the principle. We desire for you to be a child of God. We desire for all of us to be faithful to our call to God. We want to get to know you. We should want to get to know each other as children, faithful children of God. Number two, verse 44, had all things in common They had a shared life in that shared place. All things in common. <clears throat> All. In other words, their lives were shared with each other. Their lives were known by each other. They wanted to know each other's lives. I think that's more evidence that this is not just about checking boxes. Knowing when an anniversary is or a birthday is, as good as that is. But knowing how people tick and how they operate and how they think and what they believe in, love and do not like, get to know these people had all things in common. <clears throat> I thought about this today. I don't know if it works, but I'm going to try it on you. They did not count commonness as commonness. 
You know what it means to make something common? In fact, the, there's a Greek word for that, and it has, it's a form of this word, uh, koinia, and it means to make something common or unclean. They did not consider the commonality of being in life together as an unclean thing. But rather, they were in common, and they wanted it that way. You see, if you want to get to know somebody, you need to have a shared life with that person in that shared place where you are. The third thing, and this is number three of three things that the early church did to get to know people. They had a shared purpose in their shared life, in that shared place. Verse 45. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. They had the shared purpose of benevolence. They took of their possessions and gave to those in need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. You may think that this has something to do with worship, <clears throat> but really it didn't. Remember the Jewish system is gone. They're not practicing Judaism. So why were they going daily to the temple? In order to spend time with people. Their purpose was to spend time together. Their purpose was to say, I want to spend time with you. In fact, they were breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. See, they were spending time. The temple was a meeting place of people. They would spend time in those big group settings, bigger types of groups. Then they would go to each other's homes and eat together. They wanted to spend time. In order to get to know someone, they had the shared purpose of spending time together. Number three, they worshiped together, praising God. And that's what earlier about fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers, they went to worship together. And that created them getting to know each other. And then finally, number four, their fourth purpose, having favor with all the people. They had the purpose of outreach. Now that's who these people were. That's how they got to know each other. Let's notice again. They got to know each other because they had a shared purpose in a shared life in a shared place. Practically, that's how you get to know somebody. That's what this church needs to do continually, to know each other. And that's exactly what we've been missing for the past year. 
Because we can't spend time together as we would like. We can't worship together as we would like. Thankfully, we've been involved continually with benevolence. We've been involved uh, continually with outreach. But at least two of these four things necessary to get to know people have been taken away. And and we're going to have to get to know each other again. Have you noticed when some people have come back after being gone a long time, they don't even look the same? It's been a while since we've seen some children who were born during this time, and now we're seeing them for the first time. I've said many times that a lot of our pictures that we put up before we start are outdated. We just don't look that way anymore. Yes, I think we need not only to get to know each other, but I want to remind us as a church that we need to get to know each other. And as this new year begins, and as we look toward the time when things will start returning to normal, let us make a decided action of reacquainting ourselves with each other practically. We've seen the principle, and we've seen the practical. Let me give you the application. In a general way, not just about the church, but if you want to get to know somebody, let me suggest to you that you go put yourself in a place where they are. Don't run from people. If you really want to get to know people, don't run from them. Give them a chance. It bothers me. For instance, in churches, when someone complains that nobody, I didn't know anybody, nobody reached out to me, and, and they just don't seem friendly. But I know because I watched the minute the final amen is said, they dart out the door. That's not fair. If you want to get to know someone... Give us a chance. Be in the place where they are. Give them a chance before you just run away. Number two, let them learn something about you. Be willing to say, here's who I am. This is what I like. This is where I like to go. Here's some food I like to eat. And you'll be amazed at the kinds of discussions that you will get into. I visited with a family this morning. Just by mentioning, asking where they lived, found out it was a town, Paris, Tennessee. My first work, Huntington, Tennessee. And in that first work, we started, I was a youth minister, we started a summer series every Monday night, all summer, for area churches. And Paris was on the on the edges of that area that we were working with. And that particular summer series is continuing even to this day. Guess what? The fellow who was here this morning was a part of that. He was 12 years old when we started that youth outreach. He's a deacon in that church now. Now I feel like I know him. You know why? Because I asked something and I shared something. If you want to get to know somebody, share something about yourself. And number three, get into a service project with them. 
the people who've been doing this home, homeless outreach that we've been doing, there are people who have never even met before who started working in this and now know each other. And isn't that how it works? When you can work side by side with somebody in a project, in a service, in some task, don't you get to know them? Doesn't that connect and solidify your relationship? I know that there are people who are uncomfortable around people. I get that. God doesn't expect all of us to be those extreme outgoing people. God never expects that. But I know this. I really believe that you at least want to have one or two friends. And if you're afraid, if you don't know how to do it, I hope this lesson has been helpful to you. But number two, I hope it has been a reminder to us as the Richmond Church, as things begin to return to normal, that we will make a decision to work really hard at getting to know each other again. I'd like to know if you need our help, please reach out. Tonight, if you need to have the shepherds talk to you, call you, be with you, if you need to ask us to pray for you, we're always here. As always, as we close, we pray that God will bless our country, that God will bless our church, and that God will bless each one of us that we might get to know each other better. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.